The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The Orange Zone, sponsored by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. What's up, what's up? Welcome into the award-winning Orange Zone podcast. A reminder, you can find every episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. If you're watching on YouTube, what's up from the Skycam? Make sure you guys are liking, comment, and commenting, and of course, subscribing to be a part of this journey with us. Today, we are getting into the nitty-gritty of Syracuse men's basketball's loss to FSU. We're also talking about a ranked women's program today, but we're starting off on the men's side, and we have Lawrence Moten here. We have SU's all-time leading scorer. It's Poetry and Moten. We have Samantha Croston. We also have Rachel Culver on the producer mic. So this one, Syracuse up at halftime. It was a one-point game with eight minutes to play, and they get blown out, guys, 85-69. to 69. Now, Poetry wanted to let me have it. Right when, right when he got in here, I said, mm. save it for the pod. What is on your mind? What is your biggest takeaway from that loss? Biggest takeaway from that loss, I was there, so I got to see it live, and I didn't like what Sorry I Sorry to hear that. Yeah, I didn't like what I saw. Um, if it's anything I can say, um, being a former player, I think they were still stuck on the Saturday's game for hitting the game winner. Yes. Everybody, yes. you know, all hype and, and 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 honestly, if I can say this, sometimes you think your doesn't stink, and this is a this is a gut check and reality check for us that we're probably as not as good yet as we think we are. So um, hopefully they can turn it around, which is a quick turnaround Saturday against a good uh, North Carolina State team. But um, to shoot one for fourteen from three points from the three-point line was unheard of to me. Um, too many missed free throws. And, and when you miss free throws and you don't make threes in this day and time, you're not going to win any games. Me and you and Sam could have made at least three. Oh, I know that for and, a fact. And, 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 and to go one for 14, one for 15 was uh, very shocking. Sam, how about you? What's, what's on your mind? What was your biggest – what did you feel – as you were watching last night and now that you've had a night to sleep on it, what's on your mind? Yeah, I mean, the 11 miss free throws, as, as Uncle Ugh. Brennax would say, free throws matter. It's true. Um, and they, they really did. One for 14 from three, yes, definitely worrisome. But really what stuck out to me was was this offense being stifled. And you look at Judah Minson, his numbers, he had a 28-point outing, which really can't be looked at as a bad thing. However... It felt like it was sort of a one-trick pony kind of night. There wasn't really mm -hmm. enough ball movement offensively, and that wasn't the game plan they came in with, which you know because that's what Coach Autry said after the game. He said Judah had the ball a lot. That wasn't the plan. It just happened to be that way. We did not do a good job offensively. They just took us out of our offense anything we tried. Important to note that, listen, they tried everything they could, and, and Florida State – has been playing really well. Yeah. They came into this game playing really hot. It's a good team. But the bottom line is they simply got outplayed. Mm -hmm. My biggest takeaway is that when this team does lose, when it rains, it pours. Ooh. They're losing 
by 20 plus points almost every single time they lose. So they're e either winning and they're getting, you know what I wish I would have saw? I wish I would have seen what would have made me feel better is like a really close loss, a loss that was close all the way to the end. If it was going to be a loss, fight, push, keep pushing. But it, but it did. It's like the wheels fell off the train yeah. entirely. Yeah. No sign of urgency. Mm. I didn't see any urgency in that game. Uh, it was a lackluster. You know, they were battling in the first half, you know, back and forth. You know, I think uh, Florida State went up like six and seven, and then we happened to go up seven and didn't stick the nail in the coffin. But, um, yeah, just no sign of urgency. Uh, guys, you know, sometimes your ego can take over. And, and the way from what I saw, it just looked like they didn't – they thought they were just going to go in there and expected to win the game when instead of – understanding that no matter what you still have to fight night in and night out and and that urgency wasn't there last night uh benny williams you know having issues getting upset you know and this is what i don't i don't like the different moods you know i'm a guy you know it's either you're going to be one way and it is what it is i'm i'm not I'm not down with the different moves, and if you're not getting your way or you're not playing well, you're not cheering your other teammates on. You know, I'm, I, I don't like that, and and hopefully that changes. But definitely no sign of urgency last night, and um, hopefully we can change that Saturday. And not to not to push back on the urgency, but I found it to be more of urgency because of nervousness. Mm -hmm. And the first half was funny, man, because not only were they up by a point, but if they were anything but the one for seven that they were in the first oh, half and right. in sinking those free throws, yes. it was the type of game where it's like, yo, they should be up 10 to 12 yeah, points. Exactly. Like, exactly. And, and they should, they were looking like more so the comfortable, better team mm -hmm. had things been falling. But again, I'm like, okay, only half time. They have time to correct it. And the second half happens and things still aren't going their way. Yeah. And what are normally those, you know, the things from beyond the arc ain't working. Let's get right. it into the paint. Right. And normally, what are those easy baskets for Malik Brown? You know, mm -hmm. where you see him slamming? Mm -hmm. That's where we saw the height of this Florida State team yeah. come in. Yeah. Because they were blocking them, bro. Yes, they, they were. were blocking them, and they weren't letting – and it wasn't, wasn't just Brown. It was anyone getting in there. And so when those things weren't working, the things that this team relies on, I felt it turned – that urgency became nervousness. They were getting risky with stuff and forcing things, which in turn – Led to what? Slow getting back on defense. Because yeah. some of those points in transition were just yeah. inexcusable. Yeah. And yeah. a part of that, when we talk about Florida State outplaying them and outrunning them, I think a part of that is because Florida State is one of those teams that will play 12-plus people per game. Mm -hmm. It's it's a different style than Syracuse is used to playing. They're playing more people. They're, they're not as tired. And I almost think they're even – they have a little bit more wiggle room as far as fouling is concerned and whatnot because they have so many different options and so many different people to rely on. So I think that's the kind of team where you come in with a game plan and it is tough to figure out how exactly you're going to approach it. But what I do know is that last night it didn't work. And I do think part of the problem was that Judah had the ball in his hands too much. But how do you fix that? That's where I turn to you. Yeah, well, you know, Judah is the star player on the team. He is our go-to guy. So... You know, and as a point guard, point guards have the ball in their hand, hands 90% of the time. So this is something that we can't change. But I also feel that we talked about it last time, the inside presence, mm -hmm. you know, with Brown. We have no big man that has a post move to can truly make a post move. And hopefully we can work on that. 
you know, um, I look at Bell and I look at Justin and, you know, they're not making shots. And when you're not making shots, drive the ball to the basket. Yes, sir. Even J.J., you know, he had two good games and I guess he felt he was a three-point shooter now. Drive. Still take your mid-range game. And this is what I'm talking about, about egos and sometimes you're thinking that you're there, but you're really not there. Yeah. Well, quickly on that note, I'm curious, and we can get to Bell, but especially because you were at the game last night, I know you weren't, but you watched it. Do you guys think that Justin Taylor should still be a starter? Personally, no. No. And and to me, I'm I'm you know, granted I'm not a coach, but from the outside looking in, I've, and I'm on a team, I understand who has the hot hands. I understand who's playing well, and you ride those. You ride the players that are at the top of their game. And right now. Justin Taylor's just he's not making shots right. and and you know granted Bell's been a little bit you know all over the place but for two of your starters to combine for seven points you know five points for Bell two points for Justin I just think that that's setting you up at a disadvantage that you're kind of waiting to start getting the numbers that you're wanting when those subs are coming in why not start the game with that and speaking of you know I think a lot of people were really excited to see Quadir Copeland get in the game mm-hmm. He could not have had a worse start. Yeah. Came in two immediate fouls, fouls two and fouls. boom, right back. So that you could feel it, even though the first half wasn't terrible. Yeah, there was that energy that I think was almost a pre, a pre-show to mm-hmm. what was going to come. Yeah, absolutely, and, and to your um, aspect on Justin, you know, like I said, good guy, you know, but he's not getting it done. And honestly, you know, this comes for coaching too. Mm-hmm. We got to understand this is Adrian's first year as a head coach, so he's still trying to figure out the nuances and who's hot and who's not. But a situation like that where I've seen Justin for quite some time now within the last month and we haven't really got anything what we've expected. So put Benny in, start Benny. You know, maybe it'll give him a little confidence mm-hmm. to want you because he's an emotional guy. Right. You know, sometimes, you know, as a coach, and, and I always tell people this, everybody has a different emotion. You have to know how to plug into it as a coach. Some people you can yell at, and you know when you yell at them, they're going to give it their all. And some you got to stroke and say, it's going to be all right, buddy. You can do this. And Benny's sort of like that. <laughs> no, it's so, it is so true, though, because I, I thought about that a lot. I was like, you know, when you, when you take a player out of a starting position, you also have to think about the way that that is going to impact mm-hmm. them mentally. Absolutely. Because no coach ever does that with the intention of actually punishing or anything like that. It just wanting a different look, thinking a, a different combination could work, mm-hmm. but still wanting that player to improve and to get better. Absolutely. And some players, and I don't know what kind of player Justin Taylor would be <laughs> in this regard, but I do feel like there are some players who get moved out of a starting lineup and, and step up in the face of adversity. Mm-hmm. It actually mm-hmm. makes them better or right. makes them willing to work harder. That right. can happen. Absolutely. Or it also cannot happen. Absolutely. End of the day, though, that still might have to be a decision that gets made. Yeah. Yes. And credit to Justin, man. He's, you know, even, even after a game like that, and granted it was their first time that media spoke with them at home after a loss because okay. they had been, you know, undefeated at home. But he's, you know, one, was, you know, one of the few ones that was, you know, he was facing the music and mm-hmm. he was there to the end until the last person wanted to talk to him. So credit to him for that. But right now, it's just I, I think he's better off as a role player coming mm-hmm. off the bench. And hopefully, like Sam said, maybe that is the spark and things get back into place. But right now, I just think there's people that are on that bench that should be starting and make it a more effective team from the get-go. Yeah. Last thing on that note, and then we can move on from him. 
Well, the first thing is he, even though he started last night, he still did get bench minutes. So in that regard, okay, there are still a lot of other people who are getting some time and playing as well. Um, but, but I am interested to see how he responds to all of this because I think there are certain players when you look at them and you really think what you see is what you get and this is their ceiling. And I do want to go on record in saying that is not the way I feel about Justin Taylor. I do feel he has more to give. And I do think that things could have went differently for him even this season. And I'm very interested to see what he can do in the future. I know that a big reason why he got brought here and his role on the team is to be a three-point shooter. And I do think he can shoot better than what we've been seeing lately. But you have to go as a coach, I think, and make a decision based off what you say. Absolutely, Sam. And, uh, well, you, we can also say this, you know, there's the real thing in life and in college sports is called sophomore slump. Oh, and, yes, sir. And, and he's having that right now. There's no doubt about it. And uh, hopefully that'll change. And I think, like Sam said, just him coming off the bench and, you know, having that urgency and that much pressure on him. Because now I think he's mentally feeling the pressure because he's wide open. And those shots are there, and mm -hmm. I just think it's all mental now. Yeah. So hopefully he can change that. We're still with you, Justin, but uh, we're with you coming off the bench. He's he, he gives the energy that he makes those in practice, yeah. doesn't he? Yes, yes he does. Such a nice yes, stroke. He and yes he does. Yeah. Hardworking guy, you know, and and it's not just shooting. You know, um, we 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 know what that's what we brought him in here to do is to be a three point shooter, but he rebounds. And he plays solid defense. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's why he's playing a lot more right. than, he, than he should. Right, especially with these situations where they're you know, overmatched height-wise because yeah. yeah. Brown's not a big dude. Yeah. Bring Justin in, he can be aggressive and play against probably most fours in the ACC yeah. um, and at the very least match up with the threes. But we're going to send it over to Ashley Winskowski. She was at the game last night and uh, you know got to be in the locker room, hear from the coach, hear from the players, and really just break down their point of view on how things went. Hey guys, well, this was Syracuse's game to lose at halftime and they lost it. It's something we've been talking about recently. The Orange just can't rely on those late second half comebacks to try and win these games because we knew sooner or later the comeback wasn't going to happen and it did not happen here tonight against the Seminoles. Syracuse squandered their opportunities. They were visibly frustrated in the last 10 minutes or so of the game and that was one of my really big takeaways from sitting courtside. You could see it written all over Judah Mintz's face, Chris Bell's face, Quadir Copeland's face. They were just poor body language, frustrated with their inability to get anything going on offense, and they squandered this one to the Seminoles by 16 points, something that seems unbelievable when you consider they were up by seven even in the second half. This game just never had any rhythm to it. The Orange getting into some foul trouble, as did Florida State, but Syracuse's foul trouble affected them in terms of Quadir Copeland, the guy that's been their catalyst, so to speak, in terms of energy and emotion this season, was held largely out of the first half because Copeland came in, immediately got two fouls, and then came out until the second half. And I'm not going to sit here and blame the loss on that here tonight, but it certainly did not help when that's your guy that's kind of your spark and your energy and you didn't have him for a lot of this game. Like I said, visibly frustrated. I would go so far as to say they laid down and died in the last five minutes of this game. They just were not in it. And that's something that Adrian Autry reiterated post-game. He said they weren't getting back on defense, they weren't getting those blocks, and they weren't even trying to get any of that offensive momentum going. I mean, we didn't shoot it well. Obviously, I, that would change the game. We still could have won. But we, we, we didn't guard. Do you, do you think it 
think their depth is able to weigh you guys down down the stretch? Uh, no, nah, I think we got in foul trouble early. I kind of kind of threw us off. Quad was out. I mean, I missed a million free throws in the first half. Our flow was off in the beginning, but second half we came out. Uh, we had her, all our pieces back. Uh, they just bullied us in the paint. They, they walked us. He bullied us. That's what that's what it was. When you say your your flow is off, what 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 was off character about your game? My game? Yeah. I, I didn't say my. I was saying our oh. flow. Oh, okay. Yeah. But what, what what's out of character when you when you guys aren't aren't in that in that mode that you guys have been this season? Oh no, Quad just got his two fouls early. Lee got some fouls early, uh, and that was it. Uh, we let Watkins do whatever he wanted. Uh, when shots aren't falling, uh, it kind of drains you a little bit. Uh, you know, especially when they're scoring and you're not. Um, but uh, just goes to what I said earlier. Um, we got to work on you know having that next possession mentality um, and not letting our offense. Uh, dictate how well we play defense. Obviously, he wants us to flush this one out, but he knows that this game came down to toughness, and we didn't have a lot of that uh, today. So, um, we're gonna look forward to you know bringing that, our, our being ourselves in that game on Saturday against another really good team. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think the score kind of is how the game actually went. Obviously, they credited them; they played great second half, but. Um, we just got to play all 40 minutes. We know that we can't play 20, 30 minutes, whatever it is. We got to finish out the game stronger. And um, once they started getting momentum in the second half, we kind of just started playing back a days ago and turn the ball over and let them get easy buckets. So um, you know, go back, watch the film, learn from it, but just be tough for all 40 minutes. So you heard there, it was a very dejected and depressed locker room, a team that's learning how to lose at home for the first time this season. They have not dropped a game in the JMA Wireless Dome before tonight, but there's a first time for everything. The quote that stuck out to me was J.J. Starling saying, they were tougher than us, and that was really just the story here tonight. Florida State was tougher than them. In a back-and-forth game where you have the lead for a few minutes, they have the lead for a few minutes, you can't just lay down and give up in the second half, and Florida State did not do that, and they walked away with a road win, and it's a win that really could haunt Syracuse come March when you consider that FSU has kind of put themselves in the bubble conversation, and that was something, that was a conversation that Syracuse was beginning to get in after the buzzer beater win over Miami, but now this puts them another step back, puts the Orange at 13-6, and six, and still really without one of those marquee wins. So a couple of quick stats for you here tell the story the orange just one for 14 from three pointers tonight and that was something that they looked like they were getting better at Pitt, miami those shots were falling they did not fall tonight and they had florida state had 10 steals here which is a statistical category that syracuse and fsu have been going back and forth on this season in terms of leading the acc but fsu had 10 syracuse had five and Syracuse turned the ball over 16 times, which was really the major difference. Can't turn the ball 16 times over against any team. Not to UNC, not to Florida State, not to a non-conference opponent. You just can't do it, and that was the difference here tonight. So a letdown here at the Dome on Tuesday night. Hopefully the Orange can take some momentum back and kind of get the ball rolling again against NC State on Saturday night. Really no break in the schedule. When you get into this portion of conference play, there just is no break in the schedule. They will welcome the Wolfpack on Saturday night and they look to turn some things around because like I said, if they're gonna be in that bubble conversation, they need to keep stacking those ACC wins. From the Dome, I'll send it back to you guys.
Appreciate Ashley doing that. And Rachel Culver, back behind the set on the producer mic. Rachel, you, you gave us some good notes here. Um, what, what stuck out to you? What are the numbers that, that um, you know, are just sticking out to your, in your head? I mean, it's something we've talked about already. Um, we call it the charity stripe for a reason. Right? We go there, we go there for a reason, and we know what we have to do when we get there. And when and you're not free. doing that, that's, that's huge. And I think there's a lot of things, like you mentioned, probably coming off that win, the adrenaline that's associated with that, the way you kind of feel, those emotions that you have associated with the last time you stepped on that court. You're all still feeling that, but it is kind of, next man up mentality and you kind of have to move on to the next game and separate those two things um it's worth noting i know you mentioned the height of florida state but um according to ken pomeroy that is actually the tallest team in the country and when you consider the rotation like sam said of those 12 11 guys yeah. that are constantly getting on the floor and they're still having those numbers of one of the tallest teams on the country that's that's significant so i kind of want to ask you guys is this like a situation we feel that we can boil this down to a bad game, something that we can move on from going forward, or is this shedding light on some bigger issues for this team? Mm. All right, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to start. I think that was the first time that we saw, and partially because of the height on this team and the style of FSU playing, that was the first time I saw us really getting bullied down low. And Malik Brown's a tough kid, and he goes up against guys that are bigger than him. But when there's two out there that are you know in that 610 611 range whatever it was that was the first time where you know plays where i saw him that are normally making easy dunks he's getting the ball blocked and it didn't matter who was down there they just they made everything difficult and if there was a high percentage chance syracuse was going to make it they were fouling they had 14 fouls in the first half if syracuse had 14 fouls in the first half it's a major issue why because they're utilizing bench guys but chances are most of them are going to the starters if you broke down the 14 fouls, I think only six were to the starting five. So they have that ability to get away with that. And how you beat it is by making your free throws. And Syracuse didn't do it. Um, but how about, how about you guys? Does this, does this game worry you? Is it a blip? What's, what's the feeling? It doesn't necessarily worry me that Syracuse lost. It worries me how much Syracuse lost by. Mm. And you even tweeted something about this, but this is one of those games where you get the feeling like it could haunt you come March. So my answer to whether or not this game worries me is I don't know yet. What I do know is that Mike, Mike Waters had, a, had an interesting tweet where he said, in case Syracuse fans are wondering, the Oranges' home loss to Florida State last night resulted in a 14-spot drop in the net rankings from 68 to 82. That does concern me a little bit. That's a big drop. It is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that net stuff is not, uh, it's for the birds. I don't believe <laughs> that. That doesn't concern I, him yeah, at all. Yeah, I don't believe in all that net stuff. <laughs> and no, that's, it doesn't bother me. This game doesn't bother me. Like I said, this is a pretty much a gut check to see, you know, like how, how, how are we going to take this next game. This is one that you want to, uh, you watch the film mm -hmm. and you talk about it and see what you did wrong. And, I don't even look 85, 69. I'm not worried about that. What I was worried about was one for 14 from the three. If we make, let's say we go four for 14, and instead of 11 free throws, we make eight. Right. Whole different it's a game. ball game. It's a game. So, so I look at that and I just say, you know, it's one of those nights where we were still celebrating from the game that. 
Copeland hit the, the big shot, and he was celebrating, so he had to foul early and not get into the game. It was just a that's just my mental. I thought it was a lot of that, and uh, we should be all right. We'd be all right. If I can just say yeah. one more thing on that, I think if I had to pick out my biggest concern, it's not like you have the bad shooting nights. You have those things, those games where you just get stifled on offense. The defense knows what to expect. They know what to look for. What concerns me is, like Moten said, the way the wheels fell off. Like, you were in that game. There's no mm-hmm. reason you should be losing by the score that you are losing that by. That was like a mental checkout, and that's what's concerning to me. And that's not the first time that's no. happened. You know, where it's, it's, it feels like when the, when the wheels start falling off, they have a really hard time of finding the screws and the bolts and getting that thing back on track because it starts going down quick, and it, and it sucks. Because looking at that score on paper that the committee and whoever's going to be looking at come March, that score doesn't tell the full story. But the full story doesn't matter when that's the final score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not a good feeling. And we also talk about a consistent second score. Yes, sir. We still don't have that. Yeah. We've been looking for it. You know, we know we're going to get it out of Judah. And, but, but that second guy has to step up and... We don't know who it is yet. It's leaning towards JJ, but you're right. It's it's when yeah. those shots aren't falling from deep. Yeah. yeah. My man, like watching him one on one is is a yeah. thing of beauty yeah. most of the time. Yeah. So I want them going to the lane a lot more. Yeah. Um, and you know, ultimately, I I think they respond big Saturday. I think if if yeah. I'd be I'd be really pissed off with how that went down, and I think we could see uh, a big win, maybe even a shellacking over NC State, who's a also a very good team. Yeah, I don't drop the shellacking often, but when I do, <laughs> I mean business. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually I'm going to that game as a fan. Are you really? As a fan, I'm off yeah. on Saturday. It's the yeah. first game I'm going yeah. to as a fan, which I think will be interesting. I think like that's a unique perspective to mm-hmm. actually be. I mean, I've, I've obviously been at games just shooting and whatnot, but even shooting, I feel like you're seeing most of the game through the lens. It's different than just watching. absorbing it. Absolutely. Absorbing. Absolutely. Yeah. And Dave Bing is going to be there. They're Dave honoring Bing. Dave yes, Bing, yes, the, great, yes. the great Dave Bing, great man, great mentor, someone who I look up to um, very much so. So um, hopefully they can come strong and play well for him because they didn't play well for poetry last night. <laughs> I was at that game. He was there. Yeah, Ring of Honor, Dave Bing. That means Bayheim's going to be in the house. So I think Absolutely. there's going to be a really good energy in that mm-hmm. building. So mm-hmm. I'm liking the orange over the wolf pack. And – I uh, do want to give, I don't know if people can have seen it from the wide shot, but we have a brand new auto bobblehead. Wow. This is different from the one we've had. He's got really long legs, this this auto. And I want to give a shout out to Phil Schuyler, co-founder and CEO of the Bobblehead Hall of Fame. Mm. Sent this to Sam and I in the mail. Isn't that cool? And that so if you cool. check out the bottom, it's number 29 of 2023. So go get your auto. This is a pretty big deal. Um, National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum. Check out bobbleheadhall.com. Check that out. That's, cool. do, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good free app for them because they helped us out. Help us out with the set. That's cool. Get your auto, man. Get your auto. Um, final thoughts. Final thoughts. My final thought is that is really the tallest auto I've ever seen. Like yeah. the, auto, the autos in the dome are not this tall. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we thinking? That auto. So maybe Otto's just, he's more of a, he's becoming more of a small forward these days. <laughs> <laughs> that's it? Maybe, maybe, maybe Otto can complete a post move. Hey, yeah. exactly. that's, that's what we right, need. Otto. With those legs? I mean, yes. check out the wingspan yeah, on that guy. Like Look it. at that. I like it. 
Just getting ready Hands for the combine. Up, ready to play defense. <laughs> <laughs> defense creates offense. There we go. All right. Orange Zone Podcast. Billy Whitaker, Cars and Trucks. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, Rachel Culver. Samantha Crossan. Poetry. Tommy Sladak. We're out of here. We'll see you back in probably just a few days. Peace. All right. You didn't want trivia? Did we have trivia? Yeah, it was at the bottom. Oh, shoot. It's it's not entirely relevant because now that they lost at home. But when was the last time Syracuse men's basketball had an undefeated season at home? And who was the leading scorer? I feel like that. Undefeated season at home. Mm. Wow. Was that one of your years? No, no, no. <laughs> I was thinking. I want to say that was uh, – was that Dion Waiters and, and Fab Mello and mm. those guys? So what would that have been, 2013? 2014? Waiters, Waiters was a year older than me, so he didn't come in until 12 or okay, 11 or 12, okay. I think. Thinking, I'm thinking around that time because they started out 31-0. and 0. Yeah. The Tyler Ennis year? Was it would have been 30, that year? Uh, no, was, uh, Scoop Jardine was the point. Oh, so it was scooping Rick Jackson. 31-0 31 and Fab Mello, may he rest in peace. And uh, who else did they have? What year? Well, I'm, I'm thinking 2012. 2011-2012, that's right. Ooh. Wow. But you have not yet named the leading. Chills. You have not yet named the leading the, scorer. The leading score. Oh, yeah, the leading score for that team was, um, it wasn't Dion. It was I the guy, it. Wesley Johnson. Am I right? No. Oh, uh, okay. Was it MC Dubs? No. Michael Carter Williams? Damn. It was Dion? Chris Joseph. Chris Joseph. Oh. My man, C. Joseph. Oh, my bad, C. Man. Joseph. Carol <laughs> <laughs> alumni. My bad. My bad, bro. My bad. Yeah, shout out to Archbishop Carroll. Oh, my goodness. That's terrible. Shout out Mount Sinai High School. Shout out North Penn hey, High School. Hey, you got the year, though. Shout out Port Byron, Union Springs. No, just Port Byron. Just so, Union Springs. Just Union yeah. Springs. Sorry. <laughs> All right, that's it for trivia. We're out of here. Whole crew, peace. See ya. <laughs>